All right, welcome everybody to episode 10, special birthday edition of Beef's Beef. Uh, before I get started today, something it's pretty cool. You know, I have a, I, I would say that I have a pretty good amount of friends that that range all over the place. But uh, I had a friend come to me and say, "Hey, man, uh, you mind shouting out my company for me? It's not his company, but shouting out where I work at for me and kind of get it out there so I can get some help and." I know that you reach a lot of people, so before anybody says I'm selling out, no, it's a good, it's one of my good friends that, hey, I'm helping out, so everybody, it is New Year's coming up, just let you guys know, fireworks, you can let off, big fireworks, right here, everything's 50% off in the store, head up to Clarksville, it's right there next to Golden Corral in Clarksville, hit them up, hit up my buddy BJ up there, he'll hook you up, get you, get you going around. I mean, they have a little bit of everything, not just fireworks. So go and check them out and uh, get you some fireworks. Because like I said, it is legal to light off fireworks in in southern Indiana and in Kentucky. So check that out. All right, so this past weekend, uh, Louisville played Memphis, renewed the rivalry with Memphis. Um, got a win. Wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. Um, I honestly didn't get to watch it. I'm coaching a team out at Highview Youth League, so I didn't get a chance to watch it. Uh, it was kind of funny the the uh, it was kind of funny the odds of, or the timing of it because I get out of my car to go in, buzzer goes off for my phone, tip off Louisville and Memphis. I was like, all right, cool. I'll get I'll get out the car, get to listen to the end of it, and then my team my team and myself go to double overtime and lose a heartbreaker in double overtime. So shout out Highview Nets, we're coming back. We'll we'll get a We'll get a W here soon, but I walk out of the door after my game, and then I get a notification that says Louisville beats Memphis. So uh, I checked a little bit of it out Saturday night. Uh, didn't get it, didn't get a chance to watch the whole thing. Uh, looked over the stat sheet and was encouraged with some things, but was still discouraged with some things also. Uh, so all, all, you're always going to be encouraged with a win. I mean, I'm not really one of those moral victory type of guys, but you you always want to be encouraged with a win. doesn't matter if you win by one or 100 points. If you get a win, it's always a good thing. So even if it is a down Memphis team, it's not your, your usual Memphis team, to get a win is always good. Uh, looked at the field goal percentage. Both teams shot fairly well for a team. Uh, Louisville 45.9%, uh, Memphis right at, right at 45. I mean, just if – if you didn't watch the game like myself, all you have to do is look at one stat, three-point shooting. Louisville, 14 of 26 from the three-point line. You hit 14 threes, you're going to beat most every team you play. Uh, 14 of 26 from the three-point line, 53.8%. And Louisville's free throw, free throw shooting still continues to be what is helping them win, which is surprising when you think back to the past three, four, five years. Louisville's free throw shooting has been terrible. And, I mean, I can't state enough how how well this team is shooting free throws, and it comes from everybody. I mean, 11 of 12 from their free throw line. Our only miss from the free throw line. Uh, actually, I don't have it on here, but, I mean, it's just, it's having our – I looked at the free throw percentage the other day, and our lowest free throw percentage from a starter was 53% from Honest My Mood. But you look at Ray Spalding, who's shooting 73% from the free throw line now. It's a big improvement from last year, and I, I you got to give credit where credit is doing that. So I told you that I would say some encouraging things that I saw from it. First thing was a win. Next thing was a free throw and three-point shooting. But 
this team coming into the game, Memphis, that is, averaged 35 rebounds a game. Like I, like I stated in the preview for it on Friday. And we let them get 35 rebounds again, but we only got 34. We got out-rebounded 35 to 34, gave them 15 offensive rebounds. Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of things to be encouraged with. We dropped our turnovers down to 11, uh, forced them to have 12, and we can team blocks. So, I mean, defensive defensively, it's I, I feel like the block statistic is such a misleading stat because it just, to me, you know, being a pass coach in high school, it shows to me that your perimeter defenders are not defending well because you're def- you're you're depending on the backline guys to make more, to make more blocks. So it's encouraging to know that our big guys are protecting the rim, but they should not be getting there. But uh, I told you guys that I had a top five for today also, so I'm going to break into that now. So my top five for today is top five NBA players that I would not want to fight. This was, I mean, this one was pretty easy for me to come up with the list. So, I, by the way, I want you guys to comment on this because I, I want to see if any of you guys have any different ones from what I'm going to say. Uh, my honorable mentions, I had Dennis Rodman. I also had Sean Kemp. That's just two guys to me that I, I don't want to mess with. None of these guys in this list I want to mess with, but those were just two guys that didn't make the list, but I still would not want to mess with. So, I'll give you my honorable mentions, and then I'm going to give you my number five. My number five, a lot of you guys are probably going to be surprised that I didn't have him higher, but I don't know. When you see the other guys I have on here, you'll probably kind of understand why I don't have him higher. So my number five is Ron Artest or Meta World Peace or whatever his name is now. Dude is nuts. I mean, it's it really kind of started with the Palace uh, or the Malice at the Palace, I'm sorry. Just... And then, you know, the elbow and James Harden in the head, everything. There's just, there's so many things that you just see with this guy that this dude is nuts. So that's, he came, he came in at my number five. I'll go into my number four, through, my numbers four through one here in a little bit. But back to this uh, Louisville Memphis game. So I, I was encouraged when I did look at some, some stats uh, in the shooting, in the shooting statistics with Louisville. Uh, Quentin Snyder looked like he finally, you know, broke off his snide and uh, shot six for ten and three or four from the three-point line, uh, five assists, and he only had one turnover. As, as a team, we had eighteen assists and, or I'm sorry, sixteen assists and eleven turnovers, which we're getting better. But I still want to see us have games, you know, twenty-two assists, eight or nine turnovers. Just get the team. Get the team better. Get the ball movement. Because, I mean, you look back to some of that Purdue game. Some of the ball movement we had in that game, it's like, man, there's not going to be anybody that can really hang with us if we move the ball like this. So, he shot 6 of 10. VJ King, 6 of 9. Dingadell, 5 of 11. Ray Spalding, 4 of 9. Ray Spalding with a, with another solid game, 12 and 9. And Honest Mahmood, 4 points, 2 rebounds. Again, we don't lean on Honest Mahmood to score, but we need... We need more than two rebounds from our big man. Uh, granted, he did give us five blocks. So, I mean, I guess he made up for it in other areas, but two rebounds from a seven-footer is not what you like to see. 
so a lot a lot of good things. I still see foul trouble. Foul troubles with this team, which also shows slow feet and bad defense. Four four uh four fouls from Ray Spaulding, which with Ray Spaulding in a foul trouble, it, he's trying to block everything, which you you having slow feet as a perimeter defender then puts him in foul trouble because now he's trying to come over, help side defense, gets him in foul trouble because he's in the air. So our, our perimeter defense has got to get way better than what it is. Um, it's And then I, I'm point right, right here is their leading scorer, who I referenced in the podcast on Friday, Jeremiah Martin, who averaged 17 points a game. Came in and torched us for 26 points and 9 rebounds. That can't happen. I mean, you know coming into the game, your scouting report is their leading scorer is Jeremiah Martin, averaging 17.2 points a game, plays 35 minutes. He played 38 against us. He had one foul against him. You know you, as as a guard who is trying to make plays, who's trying to win the game, you have to go at that guy, wear him down, get him in foul trouble, something. You can't let a guy get 26 points and, and nine rebounds as a guard. So you have him, and then their second leading leading scorer coming into the game was Kaivon Davenport, and he was pretty much right on his average. Averages 12.8 points, 6.6 rebounds, had 12 and 7. So, we pretty much let their leading scorer get whatever he wanted, and then their second guy got exactly what he was already averaging all season. So, uh, but back to my list here, back to my top five list. Uh, for some of you guys just not joining, we're doing top five NBA players all time that I would not want to fight. So my honorable mentions were Sean Kemp and Dennis Rodman, and my number five was Ron Artest. Uh, my number four. Some some of my younger viewers may not remember him, but some of my older viewers may appreciate that I brought this guy's name up, or not because they probably hate him because he played because he played for the Bad Boys. Rick Mahorn. Rick Mahorn is a guy who also I mean pretty much everybody on here except for my number one kind of played like punks to be honest with you. Uh, Rick Mahorn just watched go back and watch video of that dude. Guy was just a bull, and <laughs> he didn't take any crap from anybody. I I would say that he was probably the toughest guy on that on those bad boys teams. Everyone talks about Lambeer, talks about all, all those other players. Isaiah Thomas was tough too, but Isaiah Thomas to me was more just a punk, try to get in your head type of guy. Whereas Rick Mahorn, I really feel like would literally take your head off. So number five, Ron Artest. Number four, Rick Mahorn. Uh, and back back to the game. So, I, I I was I spoke with my cousin who's in here actually Jerry Lee, and um, he told me because like I said I didn't get to watch the game I, I I've tried to watch some of it and been looking over stats the past couple of days and he said if you watch the game you would you would actually be really encouraged with how we played and even though we played against a team that we should have, we were actually favored by 12 and a half points. And you look at their other games that they have played, there's no reason why we shouldn't have beat them by that much. But, you know, looking at the stats, you see that they shoot 45%. But, again, myself, I don't know how many of those were contested shots. I don't know how many of them were tough shots. But some of the things he was telling me was, you know, you would kind of be impressed with with this Memphis team. I know they're not the Memphis of, of the past, but, 
And he said they're very athletic. They're very feisty. Very fought very hard. So to to have a win against a team like that, even it's still Memphis. It's Memphis is still on your schedule. You're still getting a win against Memphis. They're not your regular Memphis team, but still to have that win, it's still a good win. So I, I'm 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 always happy when Louisville wins, especially against somebody that you consider a rival. I I actually heard someone on the radio the other day talk about how they wish we played some of our rivals more because we're not in the conferences with them anymore. So I I would love that. I'd love to be in like a like a like a four state kind of tournament because I want to I want to play Kentucky every year regardless. I kind of want to play Indiana every year and Memphis and Cincinnati, but I know it's not possible. Uh, if I had to pick two of them to play every year out of those four, it would be Kentucky and Indiana. Just, I don't know, I've, I like playing Indiana. I like playing Kentucky. I mean, I love playing Kentucky. Kentucky should never even think about coming off the schedule. If anyone thinks of taking them off the schedule, it's it's dumb. But uh, something I was kind of thinking up the other day, I don't, I think they should do something like a, like a four-state tournament uh, every year, kind of like they do with the Champions Classic and all that stuff. Uh Kentucky's already in that Champions Classic, so they wouldn't be a part of this. But have something like a Cincinnati, Memphis, Louisville, and Indiana type thing. Put all four of them in there, and then you just play a different team every year. So, you know, one year Cincinnati, Memphis would play, Louisville, and Indiana would play. Then next year, like, Louisville, Cincinnati would play, Memphis, and Indiana would play. And then the next year, like, Cincinnati, Indiana would play, and Louisville, Memphis would play. I don't know, something like that. I, I think to make basketball better. I mean, it's already great here if you go, but it's funny if you talk to people from other states outside of like North Carolina and Indiana. It Louisville, Louisville or Kentucky, Indiana, some of Ohio, Ohio's still mostly actually Ohio's pretty much all 100% football. I guess you could say maybe some of Illinois is, is more basketball than Ohio, but you go you go down to the southern states like Tennessee, Georgia, the Carolinas, Florida, Alabama, Mississippi—all those are all those are football. It's just football. That's what they do. Texas. I mean, I know there's so many states down there that just absolutely adore football. I love I love football. Don't get me wrong, but I think pretty much everybody in here is like me. Basketball is king here. Basketball at the end of the day is what Indiana and Kentucky do. That's 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 what these states do. Is is put out good basketball players and good basketball teams every year. I mean, just look at the teams that are in the states. I mean, you in Kentucky, you have obviously Kentucky, Louisville, Western. Uh, you want to go to lower ranks, you got Bellarmine. Bellarmine's, you know, winning titles or going to the title game or in the Final Four. Indiana's got Butler, Notre Dame, IU. Uh, IUPUI's good every once in a while. I know I'm missing other teams. Uh, Purdue. I mean, they just got so many teams in just these two states that are always good in basketball. So I don't know. I think we need to capitalize more off of that and have and have a tournament with something like that. Not even a tournament. Just have like a and you can play it in, in every in all four of the states. You know, and here in Kentucky, uh, I don't. I guess you could put it in Freedom Hall or or something like that. And then in Indiana, you would put it in. Uh, Indiana, you would put it in Banker's Life. In Cincinnati, you would put it in, uh, I can't even think of what that place is called. Not where, Bridgestone Arena, I think, or that might be Nashville. 
Uh, and then in Memphis, you can just play in in the pyramid or not the pyramid, but wherever uh, FedEx Forum. So I don't know. I think that I I just think regionally, I think it would be cool. I, I don't know. I don't know what you guys think. You guys think that that would be a pretty cool thing to do to kind of have those four teams in a in a kind of state battle type thing. Um, but back to my list here. So I've named my my honorable mention. I've named my my five and my number four honorable mentions again. Chris. Or not, uh, Dennis Rodman, Sean Kemp, or my honorable mentions on NBA players I would not want to fight. My number five was Ron Artest, and my number four was Rick Mahorn. Now, my number three, uh, actually, my three and two were actually teammates. And I shouldn't have said that because now when I say my number three, you're already going to know my number two. But my number three is actually dead now. Uh, was a banger. Never really known as like a great great player. I liked him. I liked his. I liked his game. I thought you know he got he got a lot out of his skill set. Uh, my number three, Anthony Mason. Uh, Anthony Mason. <laughs> Anthony Mason on those Knicks teams. Some of those Knicks players, man. I mean, you could even add John Starks. But sometimes when you go back and watch that it's Miller time, you kind of wonder whether John Starks was really that tough or. If he was just trying to get in people's heads and he was really kind of a coward, but Anthony Mason, he and his teammate that I'm going to name for my number two, I'll go ahead and name him right now, Charles Oakley. So my number three, Anthony Mason. Number two, Charles Oakley. I I don't know if there's a a scarier front line to ever to ever really be together. Because then you throw in Patrick Ewing, he's not really a scary guy, but. Anthony Mason and Charles Oakley together was just, you're not going down the lane and not getting hit. So, uh, just tough guys, guys that, like I said, I would not want to mess with, guys that I would not want to fight. So, with that, it brings me to my beef for tonight. So, my beef for tonight is going to be kind of lighthearted, but it's also going to be a dig at some people that I know because they know how I feel about him. And I was reading today and or yesterday, and I saw some stuff about about someone's jerseys being retired today. And my beef is with the Los Angeles Lakers. Why would you pick of all days that you could pick my birthday to retire Kobe Bryant's jerseys? First of all, it's kind of dumb that they're retiring both jerseys. It's whatever. Pick one or the other. Just quit. It's gonna look stupid to raise two jerseys at one time. I don't know. I, it may be just because I can't stand the guy, but it's whatever. That is my beef for today. I can't stand Kobe. I haven't been able to stand Kobe for forever. Kobe's not even the best Laker. If that's another, if that's something you want to debate me about, I don't care. You can get on here and debate me about it. He's not the best Laker. Magic's the best Laker. I know. I, I know. Tony's gonna listen to this and say, "I can't believe he just said that on there again." Even though I say it to him all the time, Magic Johnson is the best Laker. He's better than Kobe. I hate Kobe. Always have hated Kobe. Respected his game, but I've always hated Kobe. That's my beef is the fact that they're retiring his jerseys on my birthday. Pick a different day to retire his jerseys. So, with that, it brings me to my number one on top five NBA players that I would not want to fight. So, this guy... Went to a very small school. Went to a very small school in Virginia. 
talk about somebody that got the most out of the talent that they had, it's this guy. He's also not only the person that I would not want to fight more than anybody, but he is also a person that I would love to have as a teammate because scoring did not matter to him. He was a defender first. He was a rebounder. He was going to go get everything on a defensive glass, offensive glass, everything. Didn't need a score. So, my number one out of Virginia Union is Ben Wallace. There is not a player that I have ever seen that, to me, has been more intimidating than Ben Wallace. If you go back and look at that dude, the dude would have those little wristbands around his biceps and then the big fro with the, with the headband. And you think back again to the Malice in the Palace like I referenced earlier. And you think about when when the fight started, kind of. I mean, it's, it the scuffle started was when he got fouled. Which I, I go back to that. I don't think he got fouled that bad. But he shoved Ron Artest from the block like all the way to the three-point line. And it almost it almost made me take... Ron Artest off this list because I saw how bad he wussed out in that. But that dude is nuts, and he's not somebody I'm going to fight because of where he's from and everything. But Ben Wallace, Hoss, just I feel like if he punched you once, he would punch a hole in your soul. That dude is just a monster. And what's crazy is you see him, and he's one of the most intimidating-looking dudes, and he looks like he would literally kill you with one punch. But like every interview you see... He seems like he's a super nice guy, but he's still not somebody that I would want to mess with. So it may be, you know, something that kind of that kind of takes itself away here. But I, I don't know. I I like Ben Wallace as a player, and you know, I have some comments coming in on here. David Vincent says that's my second favorite player ever. Was Big Ben Wallace. Ben Wallace was a hoss, man. Worst free throw shooter of all time statistically. I think actually, I think Andre Drummond. That's kind of funny that the Pistons have two of the worst free throw shooters of all time statistically. <laughs> but they're two solid big men. But was there a more perfect player for that Pistons team, though, than than Ben Wallace? Because you had so many scorers and shooters around him, and literally they didn't need another one. They just needed somebody that was going to be in there and bang and do what they needed, do the dirty work. That guy didn't need a score. He, I feel like he averaged like four points and like 15 rebounds. So, again, going over my top five list, if you guys have any, you know, drop them in the comments. Uh, you know, shoot me a message after this is over. It's whatever. But Sean Kemp, Dennis Rodman, honorable mentions. Number five, Ron Artest. Number four, Rick Mahorn. Number three, Anthony Mason. Number two, Charles Oakley. And number one, Ben Wallace. So, guys, again, I appreciate everything you guys are doing. I'm getting text messages now asking me when I'm going to go live, uh, what my topic's going to be, asking to be on the show, everything like that. I'm I'm loving doing this. This is the most fun I've had in a long time, especially getting to talk about sports and having my friends and family and everybody, you know, commenting on there, saying, "Hey, man, I'm really digging the show." Everything like that. So keep keep sharing, keep doing everything like that. I'm going to keep putting these out, Lord willing, as long as I can. But keep sharing, keep everything. I'm going to keep putting them out. You guys have a great night and uh, keep listening. <laughs>